uh, me, well actually mainly uh, Ian Loder. Um, I've, but I'm going to abuse my position as chair briefly uh, to introduce what he's going to say. And actually I don't need to do too much because a lot of things I might have talked about in the next five minutes have already been covered, which is the role and the increasingly guiding role of the quest for impact in, in academic research, arguably particularly in chronology and arguably particularly in policing studies. And that's the... Um, in and I's area of research. Um, and we've been banding this word around quite a lot, um, impact. Uh, Chris mentioned it. Uh, Rachel mentioned it. Um, what does it mean, for those of you unfamiliar with this, this research council terminology? Well, here's an excerpt from the ESRC, um, Economic and Social Science Research Council, website. What is impact? Uh, research impact embraces all the diverse ways that research-related skills benefit individuals, organisations and nations. But it's quite large, it's quite a big concept. Um, and you can see they mentioned economic performance there, they mentioned uh, increasing the effectiveness of public services and policy, they talk about enhancing quality of life, health and creative impact, and they talk about impact being demonstrable. So what you have to do when you have a research grant from the SRC and from other funding bodies as well, at the end of that grant you have to demonstrate to them in some way, in theory, that your research has had an impact. And you can't just say that, you have to give them evidence. Evidence that Rachel's work has had a huge amount of impact because it's actually changed policy in government. That's what they mean when they talk about impact. So enough, not enough to say lots of people have downloaded my journal article, you have to say, this happened, this changed. I think that, is that fair enough, Karen? Does that sound about right? Something like that. Yeah. Um, and this, I think, as I say, has been taken to heart. I think by many people working on police and policing in particular, and actually in other areas of criminology as well. And you have to now design your research proposals with impact, as I've just described it, in mind, and specifically in the proposal, in lots of different ways, actually. Um, and there have been some very clear benefits from this process. Don't, don't get me wrong. Ian's going to, Ian, Ian and I are going to talk about some of the problems behind this uh, the increasing dominance of this kind of agenda within criminology, but there have been clearly been benefits. So I think one benefit has been a greater emphasis on reliability and validity of research designs. If you're going to want, if you want your research to have an impact, if you want policymakers or practitioners or whoever it is to pick up on it, you have to make sure it's right. And I think you have to make more of an effort than you did in the past to make sure you were getting it right, to make sure that the claims you were making were in some sense valid. I think there's been more engagement between academics and police organisations. Chris has already talked a lot about that. I don't need to press that point. I mean, one useful outcome of that actually has been a, a declining propensity to see the police just as the enemy, which many criminologists in the past were prone to do. It's a bit more complicated than that. And of course, this is another way of accessing research funds. So one of the reasons why we're interested in this is because it's just another way of getting money. And again, Chris has talked about this already. And I always like to have a quote, quote from Marx if I can. And this is the whole point, right? The philosophers only interpreted the world. The point is to change it. If we think we're doing research, we want to change the world with this research, with this research in some sense. Um, and this kind of agenda has focused people's mind more clearly on that. But as I say, there are problems. And again, Chris has already mentioned some of these much more eloquently than I could, actually. Um, I think there's a risk of narrowing the field, narrowing the field in terms of the objects of study and the motivations for that study. Um, I think there's a specific and particular danger within policing studies of, of parochialism, which comes out in many ways. Um, in policing, it comes out, it tends to come out in, in, in dominance of Anglo-American research and Anglo-American ways of thinking. Um, parochialism in terms of focusing on the organisation itself, 
an organisational practice rather than the context within which that organisation sits and functions. There's an increasing emphasis on particular forms of methodology which can serve to exclude other methodologies, and here would be the dreaded randomised control trial, would be one way to, 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 to sign that. Um, and arguably, and I think this is Ian's point, this is well, I'll hand, hand over to him, there's a significant risk of too close a link between the ac academy and its objects of study. Um, and we start, and there's an increasing risk that we increasingly, increasing risk that we increasingly um, address someone else's research questions rather than our own. And that was me abusing my role as chair, so now I'm going to hand over to him for the rest of the talk. One of the lessons I've just learned about this new world is never come after a film. Um, <laughs> um, I also feel somewhat cautious um, and embarrassed about giving a talk whose title is Doing Research About Impact, when Rachel's just demonstrated just how creatively it's possible to do research with impact. But as Ben alluded to, um, well, the other thing to just say is this, the, the, the main reason for giving this the title, the talk this title, was to advertise a book. So what I mainly want to talk about is the book that Ben and myself and Johnny Steinberg and an anthropologist called B. Jaragai in Toronto is, are currently editing, but also to kind of set that book in some context and to say a, bit, a little bit about what motivated us, in my case, to do something I never usually do, which is edit handbooks. Um, so and, uh, that, and, and Ben has alluded to some of that motivation, and it was a motivation generated by the fact that for all there have been many benefits from the ways, especially in the UK context, that, that academics and police institutions have become much closer, have collaborated much more closely, increasingly share a language and don't speak past each other, of which Ben has alluded to, that that has come with certain kinds of costs. And we, I think we both say this as people who in various ways engaged ourselves very closely in that kind of exercise of collaboration, while also wanting to kind of... Uh, just kind of think a bit more both about what it means to do that and I suppose importantly and, and what happens to a field of inquiry collectively the more that its centre of gravity shifts down that road. So that we see the kind of what as will become clear be the handbook of global policing as part of an attempt not to say to people that we shouldn't do research about impact but just to kind of realise that there are other kinds of questions that we want to keep in play that it's possible to lose sight of when one focuses, as we're increasingly encouraged to do, um, with doing research um, with impact. Having said that, um, it, sh it should be said um, that, that we're not the only people to ever have thought of this question. Um, the impact agenda is not, though it has become much more dominant um, in policing studies in a very particular form in this country, in other kinds of forms, especially in the USA, um, that that kind of proximity between the police institutions and those who study them have not exhausted the kinds of questions that might one want to think about when one thinks about this idea of global policing. So, um, for all that Ben said, that, that, that the sociology of policing is, a, is an area of study dominated by Anglo-American scholarship and a focus on English and American police institutions, there is an increasing range of knowledge about police practices and institutions in other places, and the comparative literature about the differences between those places on various kinds of criteria. We now live in a world in which one of the features of, of um, uh, policing policy and practice is this kind of circulation of policy, of, of rhetorics, of motifs across jurisdictions, um, which has both involved certain police academics 
um, in the business of being entrepreneurs and exporters of some of those ideas around community policing or problem-orientated policing or zero tolerance, but also some to engage in the kind of, um, in the kind of critical analysis, both sociologically of what happens when those kind of ideas get circulated and imported and exported, or more critically to ask um, serious questions about the, uh, the uh, as it were, the attempt to um, impose certain kinds of um, Western models of doing policing on the global um, south. It's important to say, thirdly, that the idea of global policing has come to mean the thing that you most commonly associate it with meaning in, poli in police scholarship, which is both the, um, uh, the emergence of increasingly thicker forms of international police cooperation, the development of, of transnational police institutions, in other words, the way in which policing is kind of escaping its, its kind of modern cabining within the boundaries of the nation state, and a whole literature, some of which is, um, is very policy-oriented and close to its objects of its study, some of which is more critical on those processes of internationalisation. And, of course, there is a kind of final version of that, that kind of intimation of globality, which is um, what we rather crudely and provocatively called here, <laughs> impact goes global, by which we mean a kind of those coalitions of kind of police scholars and police, um, uh, police officers who are engaged in trying to, dis to, to articulate and disseminate and spread some notion of evidence-based policing, which in other words, some, some version of the relationship between, well, some version of policing which has a particular conception of what good policing is, or embedded in a knowledge of what works, and tries to articulate um, in a particular kind of way what the relationship between police institutions and police research is. Um, and if one of the worries about the impact agenda is it makes everyone very local in their orientations, I think the evidence-based policing movement is actually evidence that you can think about these things and actually be very global in your aspirations. Which brings us to this book. Um, what we've been trying to do is actually think about the different kinds of ways um, or the different kind of signals or references that this idea of global policing um, can um, bring into view, and to think about, and this is the kind of this is the kind of slightly kind of pompous and ambitious version of the book, um, to not just kind of map a field of study which we in some sense think already exists, which is of course the thing that handbooks classically do, but actually to try and to pick up signs of a different kind of way of thinking about global policing, and to and to bring it. Um, to better bring it into view, to give it some kind of orientations um, and shape, with a view to trying to create a kind of enterprise around the sociology of, or, or the study of policing, which is intellectually curious, methodologically pluralist, theoretically situated, and civically engaged. And I'll come back to that point in the, in the end, because part of the point might be that though there can be an overlap between civic engagement um, as researchers and the thing we call impact, that, that, that they might not necessarily mean or entail the same kinds of things. So, how, many, how much how long have we got? Oh, that's fine. Okay. Um, so, the notion of global policing for us in this text is kind of meant to signal the following lines of questioning. Um, first, an attempt to very consciously make the study of policing more intellectually global, by which we mean to kind of to, um, to, um, to spread it beyond the fields of inquiry in which it has come to be located. And now, of course, there is, a, there is a kind of plural history to this. The study of policing in the Western world, as it were, started in sociology. Um, it's been informed in all kinds of ways by law, by psychology, by history. 
It's increasingly, however, in recent years, that itself almost um, morphed in various places into a sub-discipline of its own. The danger of that being that it then starts to erect barriers between the wider forms of disciplinary inquiry that generated it in the first place. So part of what we've been trying to do in relation to first those questions is to try and get people from a wider range of fields, philosophy, political theory, geography, English literature, I'm, I'm gonna, um, on my list, there's a longer list which I've now forgotten, who might not necessarily have thought very much about policing um, before, who have thought about it only tangentially, to think about the question about why policing matters from someone who thinks about this question as a philosopher or as a geographer, um, and to think about what kinds of questions of the policing institutions and practices you might ask if you um, analyse it from that perspective. Now that of course carries all kinds of risks that we're constructing disciplines as fixed categories in themselves. Um, we think those are risks worth um, taking. Um, secondly, we, we try to um, uh, mobilise a range of authors to think about the relationship between police institutions and practices and a series of concepts that have to do with the organisation of social relations and political life. Now, the, the, well, the standard and reduced way in which that connection is now made, um, well, it principally takes the form of, 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 a kind of um, a kind of endless and recurring debate about whether the police are primarily interested in crime and its control narrowly conceived, or about whether they're concerned with the maintenance and reproduction of order, rather more broadly conceived. And um, Ben and I have done our best in this book to keep that tradition alive. Um, but, the, but our attempt has been to try and widen the lens in terms of the kinds of concepts in social and political theory with, with, through which you might think about policing. Um, now, there's been some of that in recent years inside police studies, most obviously in relation to legitimacy, to some extent in relation to democracy. We've tried to extend that both by encouraging people to return to a, a kind of classic question to do with the relationship between policing and the state, but also to think about a wider range of concepts, dignity, difference, inequality, rights, war, um, and so on. Thirdly, I think that there's a common way in which the notion of globalisation mainly signals, an, um, mainly signals um, an emphasis on questions of space rather than time. And the way that there's a way in which um, that even in the context of thinking globally about policing, the bulk of attention is still focused on Anglo-American scholarship or increasingly the EU, because when people think about globalisation of policing in the standard sense, the EU is a place to which you turn. By contrast, we've tried to introduce this notion of transitions and legacies um, as a way, firstly, of trying to, to lift policing scholarship out of the kind of frame of mature liberal democracies, and also to think about the consequences for policing institutions of various kinds of ruptures in social relations. And this is both centres to back or encourage people to go back and think about a series of, of, of not unstudied things to do with the consequences for policing of, um, of colonialism, of post-authoritarianism, of escaping from conflict, of, of the consequences of revolution, but also partly to, bear, um, to avoid the risk that this becomes the place where we talk about other places, to think about certain kinds of transitions that can happen inside standard democracies. So we have a chapter on policing after universal suffrage, for instance, a chapter on policing after civil rights. And then finally, um, we wanted to encourage some reflection on both on what happens uh, to a series of, of st a, a rather standard series of, of problems or themes in relation to policing 
under conditions of globalization, where you're not just focusing on how this is articulated in an Anglo-American context. So, for example, in relation to technology or protest policing or gender um, or terrorism, but also to think about the new kinds of problematics and themes that emerge under those conditions of globalization in relation to things like, for example, environmental harm and um, mobility. So, let's do this very briefly. This has ended up looking a bit like this. Firstly, this is a handbook of policing in which um, criminology um, is represented only very tangentially and gets, uh, and gets um, accompanied by authors from a whole series of other disciplines, including, I'm ashamed to say, a whole bunch of people I didn't even know existed six months ago. Um, and an attempt, um, but there's still a fairly good representation of people from the US and America and Canada, an attempt to actually mobilize both established and younger scholars from different parts of the world. So we can actually make real this, in a sense, in terms of the, the book itself, um, this um, idea of global policing. Um, this book is currently in process. We have most of the chapters in. We're, no one's missing in action. All the kind of standard things about editing books are in, in process. Um, but so far, what have we learned? Um, firstly, I think the thing I, I think we've, we've discovered partly um, is that the study of, um, and this, um, this is what kind of worth thinking about in relation to some of the dangers that Chris was alluding to, that if you, if you think um, more globally in terms of discipline and in terms of jurisdiction about the study of policing, um, the, the, the picture becomes a much more optimistic one because in all kinds of ways it seems that the, the, the study of policing is alive and well, both in different parts of the globe and in different disciplines, but unevenly so. So one of the things that we've discovered in the context of writing this book, for example, is a kind of, a, a, a kind of um, I'll use a dramatic word like explosion, I can't think of a better one, a kind of explosion of interest in police and police practices in anthropology. So there's now a thriving subfield of the anthropology of policing, which gets fairly well represented in this book, um, um, which I'll come back to in a minute. Um, but there are a bit other areas of the kind of social sciences where we've struggled. So, for example, we, we've, we've spent um, many a long hour trying to find an economist to write about policing. We eventually tracked down one economist who, in the end, was unable to deliver, so the book will not have a chapter on economics. Um, and that's, that's, I don't say that uh, as a kind of individual thing. I say that as a kind of reflection on, as a way of reflecting on where in the social sciences the study of policing is currently um, taking place. Um, the second thing to say is partly about method, and I, and I, I slightly worry we've kind of inadvertently reproduced an unfortunate methodological division. Because um, Chris was saying in his talk that there's a kind of there isn't much space for ethnography in the world of, of, of police academic collaboration and impact. Um, conversely, we've discovered, and this is partly a consequence of the renaissance of policing and anthropology, um, a kind of renaissance of ethnography um, in the way in which policing is studied, um, which is reflected in the book. Um, um, and conversely, there's not many chapters uh, that are in the book which are quantitative. Rather surprisingly, I find myself to be the co-author of one of them, in fact, the only one. Um, so we've, we've inadvertently, I think, generated a kind of the, in the, a, 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 the methodological flip side of what ten, one tends to find in studies of the police that are much more um, uh, action research based, which I think is just uh, it's entirely inadvertent to be avoided because it seems to me the kind of project that we're engaged in would be enriched by more quantitative work 
as the kind of action research policing in all kinds of ways can be enriched by all kinds of qualitative work. Final point. Um, and again, this has, been a, this has been a kind of accident. But one of the things we've observed reading the drafts of the paper is that when you give people a kind of wider brief to think about policing, that what's coming through is not a focus on the police understood as a narrow agency of crime control or order maintenance, but a kind of recovery of an older conception of policing which has to do with governance much more broadly understood. In other words, policing as, as, as an institution that is concerned with the administration of people and things, or with the, the welfare and, and regulation of populations and communities. And I, I think uh, all of us as editors think that is a kind of welcome thing. One, because it is a reminder of why policing matters and what's at stake when you study it. And it's also a reminder about there are all sorts of good reasons why you want to make the study of police um, somewhere close to the centre of multidisciplinary social science in the 21st century. And I'll stop at that point. Any, any questions? They weren't going to take it lying down. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I guess this just, I'm just, I guess, interested in the development of the project um, in terms of how you approach people from other disciplines. What kind of brief do you give to someone who doesn't study police and doesn't, you know, hasn't read Manning and Reiner and all that and say, we, we're doing a book on policing and we'd like you to talk about it? I mean, what's the kind of, what's the common thread that they're all working from here? Is there one? Well, one answer to that, que 